Thank you for downloading the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast. You can find more relationship insights at focusonthefamily.com slash marriage podcast. I've heard that good is the enemy of best and that sometimes uh, we need to say no in order to experience what God has for us. In marriage, that might mean learning to say no to keep your relationship healthy. I'm John Fuller, along with Greg and Aaron Smalley, who run the Focus on the Family Marriage Department. And uh, Aaron, it's important for couples to learn what to say no to. Why is that? Well, it's exactly what you're saying. If you say yes to everything on the outside, well, then what about us? Um, Do we get the best between the two of us? So now there's a balance there of saying yes to things that you're both agreeing to. And there's things that you're individually going to be doing. You don't want to miss each other. You don't want to serve leftovers to each other. And so it's looking at, I don't want to be consumed and controlled by my schedule, by things I've said yes to that maybe aren't the best. And just recognizing that I want to make sure that we have time to connect, that we're making our connection important and and at the top of our list, that it's not below everything else that is calling at us in life. Well, we had 15 years uh, with five kids of, of just doing triage. I mean, no wonder you fall asleep all the time <laughs> yes. when we're doing this. So <laughs> we really, and I'll just say, we we struggled with this. We, we still struggle. I mean, that pattern has extended now another 15, 16 years where it's all about others and we kind of had to put our relationship on the back burner. There are seasons, right? I mean, mm-hmm. there are times when you have to say, it's just what it is. Yeah, and that's why in those seasons that are busier, that you have small kids or big kids, either one, that, again, if this is the, a priority, if our relationship is a priority, then it's there's things that we can still do to connect. And it's just recognizing that it doesn't have to be big, grand, yes. you know, vacations or time away. But we can we can connect in the in the moments in the kitchen. We can connect in a text. We can connect via FaceTime when we're you know driving a kid to a soccer tournament in the another state. So it's just recognizing there's opportunity if we're prioritizing our relationship, we're going to pursue it. Got it. Well, Jim Daly and I talked a little bit about this with Pastor Craig Rochelle. He's the pastor of Life Church, and we talked about ways to build a stronger relationship. Boundaries are important for all of us, Absolutely. particularly married couples. Absolutely. Uh, you address that quite a bit in the book. Why don't you share some of that? Yeah, you know, like to be real honest, when before I was a Christian, I, I crossed a lot of the boundaries I shouldn't have crossed. And mm-hmm. so um, for me... I believe in putting safeguards in place all the time. And I feel like I need more safeguards than some people might need. Because you're a pastor? Uh, or because of your Because your, I'm a your past. man. Because I'm a person. Hmm. Yeah. And I, yes, I have more reasons to stay between the lines, you know, as a pastor to be a good example. But, you know, for the sake of my marriage and my wife, I want to do that, period. And, you know, I recognize my temptations. I, I always say you're only as strong as you are honest. And we have to be honest about where we're vulnerable. And so, you know, we could talk for hours about putting boundaries in place. But basically, I'm going to recommend to couples that you be really transparent about where you're vulnerable and decide ahead of time to put boundaries in place. I'll give you an example. Like in, in my life, on my iPads, my phone, and my computers, I don't have access to anything inappropriate on anything. Every time I type on a computer, every place I go is actually monitored by by people who have the ability to fire me from the church on my phone and my iPads. 
I've got filtered browsers. I don't use apps that many people use. I don't even have the ability to, to download apps. And so I've decided ahead of time, I'm going to eliminate temptation before mm-hmm. I'm ever tempted. And I feel like, you know, in marriages today, with all the like filthy books that are available, all the stuff that's on television, all the, what you can find on social media, um, in you know online all day long, that if we don't raise some standards ahead of time, then we're going to be desensitized and literally start being entertained by things that are sinful mm. and rationalize this out. And this waters down what you know. Suddenly, we're not calling. When you look at even words that describe sin, we've invented words that are much softer. You know, like we don't commit adultery, we have an affair. It sounds so much better. It's not pornography, it's adult entertainment. It just sounds so much better. Mm. But the reality is these are marriage killers. They kill intimacy with God. You know, you cannot walk into this kind of stuff and have healthy marriages. And the reality is, according to studies, more men are involved in porn than not. Increasing number of women are getting caught up in porn. And literally just the stuff we watch on TV, the stuff that we consume, it's poison to us. And so I don't want a little bit of poison. And we need to work with couples and say, it's not a sign of weakness to put up barriers. It's actually wisdom and strength to say, I'm going to keep some barriers up to keep us out of trouble. Craig, when you look at the culture, um, I'm curious because uh, so often there isn't a distinction between the church and the world, Mm -hmm. or at least it's really narrow, Mm -hmm. the distinction. And I'm wondering why. I mean, you're a pastor of tens of thousands Mm -hmm. in your church. You see and counsel many, many people. When you look at it that close, why is there such a little distinction between the world's activities and the church's activities? That's a great question, and I wish I had a good answer for it because it haunts me all the time to, to look and say, People outside the church are getting divorced almost to the same number as the people inside the church. The people outside the church are looking at pornography almost the same as the people inside the church. And so, you know, that's really haunting to me. And I feel like as the church, we need to do a better job of being different from the world. We need to raise the standards. We need to not be afraid to dive into controversial issues. And sometimes I think maybe maybe we as the church are too soft on some things. And so... On the other hand, I think there needs to be the responsibility is not only on the church because the church isn't just the pastors, the church is the people, that we need to have, you know, really be sensitive to what the Holy Spirit shows us and recognize if we're not different from the world, then we're probably not following Christ. Mm. And so I think there's a lot of cultural Christianity in churches today where there's some form of belief in God, but not a real life transformation by the Spirit of God. And so... I think maybe we have to recognize that and call it what it is and mm-hmm. say, I'm not one of those guys that's out, like the church is failing, the church is failing. I actually think that God is using the church to do a lot of great things, and I celebrate all those things. But at the same time, we have to recognize that if our marriages are failing at almost an equal rate of those who are non-Christians, something's wrong. And you know that's why we wrote the book. That's why we basically, to tell you a real long story, what I noticed is on my staff, we had a lot of marriages struggling and failing. Mm. And that's just unacceptable to us all day long. And so we just really adopted a philosophy that we said, you know, on our staff families, there's no marriage is going to fail. That's our standard. No marriage fails. And so that means we had to change a lot of things. We had to change how we prepare people for marriage. We need to change how we interview and hire staff. We need to change our work schedules so the church doesn't end up really inadvertently becoming an enemy to marriages. Mm. We need to change how we disciple families. And so I cannot be the pastor and have my staff 
having the same number of marital problems out there. I really appreciated what Craig Groeschel was saying there and, um, you know, kind of backing up his words with actions. Uh, Greg, he addressed how vulnerability makes a difference in our marriage. So speak to that. Um, Talk to the couple who, honest, they just can't get to a point of talking openly and honestly about their struggles. Well, that's always the risk of love, of marriage, that we don't really talk about. And that risk is that when I put myself out there, when I am vulnerable, when I'm transparent, when when I really show Aaron what's what's deep inside the risk is what is she going to do with that? Hmm. Is, is she going to, to treasure that? Is she going to honor that? Is she going to be safe with me when I really reveal what's deep inside? Or is she going to reject that? Is she going to use that against me as some sort of weapon? So that's always the risk. And yet God placed within all of us this deep desire to be fully known. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the beauty of marriage is that here I've, I've chosen this, this one person that, that I want to have the deepest relationship with, this one person that I really want to see deep within me. I love, and this is probably overused, but this idea of when you slow down saying the word intimacy, you get into me see. In other words, I, I want to have this one person in my life that really is able to look deeply within me. And that requires vulnerability, and that requires me to be willing to, to let her in. And that's hard for mm-hmm. a lot of people. And it's important if your spouse does let you in to, to recognize I have control over how I receive that. Because sometimes it, it might be something that's about you. Maybe it's something that pushes your stuff. So it's recognizing I have control of me. I can go take a time out, take a break, come back. But just recognizing when you have access to someone's heart, I, I, I often will say it's like having a little baby bird egg in your hand, that it's very fragile, it's very precious, and it's an honor. So it's holding that very gently and kindly and, and recognizing that that's, that is a gift to get access into someone's heart. And so Mm. hold it like that and be gentle when someone shares their heart with you. So they're going to be more willing to, to try that again. Um, and you want most women say, gosh, all I want is to really know what's going on inside of them. Well, if you want that, create an atmosphere that's safe. John, I remember being with some colleagues from focus on a business trip. This was years ago. And I wasn't on this trip, was I? No, I wish you were. This would have been good because <laughs> we just would have let you do all the talking. But I asked everybody, what, what's what's the biggest mistake you've made in your marriage? Mm. And these are just guys. So, I mean, yeah. we're, we're talking and sharing. Well, one of the guys told his wife what we asked. And so she said, well, would you share? Well, then she talks to Aaron and says, man, the guys sounded like they had some really deep, good connection, good conversation and tells Aaron the question that, that we asked. So then we're teaching a marriage seminar. And, and the night after we did our first session, we're driving home. And Aaron said, yeah, so what, what did you say? Oh, oh man. <laughs> and you, you know that feeling where you just start beating up with yeah. some sweat? Mm-hmm. And, and I said, you know what? That's, oh, that was just, we were just being guys and just talking. I mean, What's, what know, happens in Vegas stays yeah, exactly in Vegas. Exactly, <laughs> that kind of thing. Erin was not buying that line at all. And, and she said, no, seriously, it's okay. It, and what she said to me still to this day freaks me out a little bit. 
because I, it was so unexpected. She goes, you know what? You, you don't have to tell me, but I, I want you to know that, that when you share failings with me, I, I feel so close and connected to you. Mm. And I was like, what? How could that possibly <laughs> It seems so be? Counter- counterintuitive <laughs> yeah. it does. to so many people. And it is recognizing that when you share failures or fears, that really what you're doing is sharing your heart. And you're sharing your vulnerable self. Yeah. And we long to share that part of ourselves. And we work really hard when we're hiding that part of ourselves. But we also long to be connected to others at that level, mm-hmm. specifically in marriage. Yeah. Well, I and I was going to ask you, so for the guys who are listening to this going, yeah, right, as if. <laughs> because it's hard. I think as guys, culturally, we're, we're taught to not share feelings. Exactly. That's a sign of weakness, all that. Yeah. What, so Why? Does it work that way for women? What what is it about sharing failings that mm-hmm. that would actually drew you closer to me? Yeah, what, because it's real, that? it's authentic, and that's what we long for: is to genuinely know someone and know that if you're sharing failures, well, then you're being vulnerable and honest. The research shows when you are talking to someone, if you're sharing from a place of vulnerability, specifically around your feelings, that people lean into that, Hmm. that they want to know that, that they want to feel connected because we're created to be connected. And so there's something so good. Well, I'm thinking of uh, the listener who's kind of mustering up the courage to ask the question or to to reveal a mistake. Um, It may be wise to talk to one of our counselors before you do that. Um, There are times when it would make sense for you to have somebody else in your corner and uh, to kind of do a trial run. We have counselors here and we'd be happy to set up a free initial uh, phone consultation with one of them. Uh, Give us a call at 800-A-FAMILY. And if we've helped you in any way through these podcasts or as a a ministry, let me ask you to consider making a generous gift of support. Uh, When you do, we'll say thanks by sending a copy of Craig Groeschel's book, From This Day Forward. Uh, He and Amy wrote that. It's full of great stories and practical advice. And you can find out how to donate and set up a counseling call uh, in the show notes. Next time, we'll be hearing from Al and Lisa Robertson, who have an incredible story of redemption. And for now, on behalf of the Smallies and the rest of the team, I'm John Fuller, and this has been the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.